This is the GPL Podcast from GopherPuckLive.com. This podcast is sponsored by Jerry Peters and First Class Mortgage. Our expertise, your peace of mind. Visit us at firstclassmortgage.com. Now, here's Jupe and Vigo. Good evening and welcome to the GPL podcast, episode number 219. Well, good evening, Viggs. How you doing tonight? Good evening. I'm back in the rink like six days a week here right now. It's just, it's feeling like hockey season and we got off to a good start with a gopher sweep. We, we did. And, uh, of course it's, it's the, you know, the first episode of the season, we always tend to not have a guest. So it's time to bring in a guest and it's one of our favorite guests, the one and only Pat McAlenny. Pat. Thank you for joining us again. How are you doing tonight? Uh-oh. Oh, no. Say something, Pat. We heard you a second ago. You can't hear us? Interesting. Interesting start. Interesting start. Kind of like the gopher penalty kill. Not hitting on all <laughs> cylinders right away. Are you on mute, Pat? Restart. <laughs> we'll come back to him. We'll see what happens there. I'm not sure what happened to Pat there. He was. We were just talking before you came. Maybe you broke it, Chip. Pat. Yeah. Let's try again. Are you there? No. Mm. Looking good, though. Yeah, he's looking That's good. looking good. Hold on. <laughs> I'm going to text him real quick. You talk about Lindenwood, Viggs. <laughs> All right, well, Lindenwood. I think we saw in the first game, kind of a opening night for the Gophers that we were expecting. You know, a lot of skill, a lot of offense. I think we saw Minnesota's offense start to click a little bit here. We saw the speed, we saw the passing, we saw some freshmen who really like to shoot the puck, but we also saw some issues with shots getting blocked. And that's kind of been an issue sometimes for the Gophers at the start of the season. You know, it's kind of a broken record. It's like once you really get going into real games, there can be issues because the defense all of a sudden wants to block shots. And so the shooters have to maybe change their angle a little bit. Uh, you know, they have to pass quicker and be making quicker decisions. And maybe we saw some of that throughout the weekend, but it definitely wasn't there at the drop of the puck. Yeah. It 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 was a little goofy. Okay, now we're gonna try Pat one more time. Now, are you hey, there? Pat? There we go. <laughs> Viggs, hey, did, did you not want me or what? You could have just. <laughs> you know, we added Viggs, and then we couldn't hear Pat. No, I, I'm super excited to have you on. It's great it, to see you. It's great to see you. It was great to see you in the rink. Yeah, at Marriage too. We didn't get to chat very much. No, a very busy game. It was busy. It was busy. It was kind and of fun to be yeah, back in the was, rink. I was yapping. You See, know. That's what it always is. It's always yeah. fun to just be back at the rink. Yes. So much fun. 
Yeah, I remember being cool. a ticket holder. I, you go there, you get a couple walk arounds in, you see people you haven't seen in a year. Right. So I, I was so excited to get there to see all these young kids play. And I wasn't disappointed. I I would say I wasn't either. <laughs> I mean, uh boy, that Cooley kid can uh they're, they're going to have to concentrate on him because if you don't, he's going to kill you, Pat. You know, I I typically, I, you know, when I look at teams, I typically don't even want to analyze a lot of them mm-hmm. for three months. And, you know, in this team, especially for me, because, I you know, when I counted nine guys in, you know, and without the goalies, nine players, position players um, in the lineup, both nights, eight, I think eight on Friday, nine on Saturday, whatever it was. And I'm like, you know, I look on paper and I say, this might be his most talented team that he's had in his tenure. But then I, and I back up and I'm, and I say, okay, they're really, really young. They're going to take their lumps. They're going to have to learn how to play in tough situations. And then I say to myself, well, wait, a lot of these guys were playing in high level situations. The pressure won't get to them. You know, so the only difference I really see is, you know, the pounding from some of the heavier teams, some of the older teams, the mature teams, night in, night out, that sort of thing. Um, So I, you know, to a certain extent, I'm reserving judgment. Um, but man, oh man, um, it's an awfully talented group. I, I can't disagree with that. Um, I've got, I heard a couple, saw a couple questions in the chat area. Let's get your thoughts on this, Viggs. Thoughts on both goalies. Close. Yes, he had a shutout, but I really don't think Lindenwood was really, they didn't put much together on Friday night compared to Saturday night. <laughs> When Bartoskevich played. Yeah, I think the big difference between the two goalies was that Bartoskevich had to see Lindenwood's power play a little bit more frequently. And I felt like the gopher penalty kill wasn't as sharp as they needed to be. And there was some traffic and there's some screens that Bartoskevich had to deal with that, that Closer didn't. You know, Closer did his job. You know, as we saw down the stretch last year, he is a very calm, steady goalie who makes the saves you expect him to make. And Mm -hmm. and he did that very much so on Saturday. I think it was a much tougher game for the goalie on Sunday night. And uh, welcome to big-time college hockey playing for the Gophers where you're going to have to be on on the toes of your skates as a goalie to to make those saves and to come up big when you're shorthanded. And, you know, it's it's a good introduction for him to to see what it's like to play at Mariucci Arena. You know, ultimately, for me, for me, guys, um, you know, you look at, at, at Minnesota's decor, and there's no question it is the best in the country. Now, you know, so I, I think a lot of the goaltending will be predicated on how well their D play, um, how well their forwards come back. I think at times they got a little loose Saturday night and, you know, and whatever, maybe thinking – you know, again, one of those situations where, okay, let's put the hammer down, but they didn't, and they kind of backed up a little bit. Um, so, 
you know, that may be part of it. But the interesting thing is I talked to closer after uh, a Saturday before the game and I'm like, you know, he's got some food and he's eating. And, and I said, I'm, obviously you're not playing tonight. He said, no, no, I'm not. And, and uh, I asked him um, how difficult was it? Cause I think there was a stretch where Minnesota outshot him 15 to three or something like that. And he said, you know, I, I really have to find a way to get to keep myself in the game. And, uh, you know, that, that, uh, I thought, cause I don't know how good, I mean, goalies are weird, right? How, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're just weird. And, but I was really interested to see how he would handle it. Now, Pat, one thing I noticed, you know, on the broadcast, uh, at least on Sunday was, uh, you really want Brodzinski to shoot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had quite a few sh- times where he should have taken the shot instead of trying to make that extra play. Because as we've seen kind of over the years, he's not as much, he's, he's a playmaker, but he's not as much, but really he, he needs to go to his forte, which is his shot. And he was giving up someone and you sounded a little frustrated on that. Well, it's very interesting because after the game, right. I mean, literally after the game, I get off the broadcast and I'm, I'm, I'm going to my car and I go down the steps and I'm, entering the hallway and lo and behold, what family is right there? <laughs> the Brodzinski family and, and Mike and I, and go back a long way. And then there he is up talking to his parents and his dad grabs him. And he says, see this guy, he had blah, 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 blah. You know, will you shoot the damn puck? <laughs> and then I said to him, you know, I said that about a hundred times on the air, you, you know, and, and listen, I'm not trying to coach him and whatever, but I know the kid's got a heavy shot. I know he knows how to score. I reminded him, I I reminded him of his family and everyone in his family, other than Mike, the the defenseman, Michael, the two at at St. Cloud were snipers and he is a sniper. His father was a sniper. They know how to shoot the puck. And uh, I, I just think that he could really help this team mm-hmm. by being a go-to guy. And, you know, he came over the he came over the blue line and, you know, he's looking to make a play. And, you know, you get to the top of the circle and you're a goal scorer, you got to be thinking, be selfish and shoot the puck. And I hope he does that more. Isn't, but, that, isn't that what Connor Kurth did Sunday, Viggs? He oh, just came right in the zone. and That's what Connor Kurth did. That's what yeah. Brody Lamb did. That's what yep. uh, Strobel did. That's what Snuggeru did. And I asked this about Bob today. Yep. I said, hey, you've got a group of freshmen that's not deferring out there. When yep. they have chances to shoot the puck, they're letting it go and they're getting it on net and there's something on it. And he goes, that's right. This is a good, confident group in their experience. This isn't a group that just went from high school to college and was nope. deferring to guys they had seen on TV. This is a group of guys that have played two years of juniors. They played with a development team. They played in international tournaments. You know, they may not be older, but they are definitely a more experienced freshman yep. group, and it shows. Yep. Let me ask you this, guys. I, I'm going to bring it back to Friday night. And this is something I have not seen in probably 10, maybe 15 years. A guy go down the right wing, right, and take a slap shot. 
You know who I'm talking about? Snuggerud. Came down the right side, and I'm like, he, and he took the, took the slap shot, and I, that hasn't happened. I can't recall in college hockey, and we've all watched a lot of college hockey. Yeah. When when can you? I said, geez, was that Mike Bossy coming down the right side? Because <laughs> you don't see that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Viggs, getting back to Brodzinski, and I feel that if he does start to sh- you know shoot more and use his skills, he could really take this team to the next level. I mean, he could be a really key part along with his senior leadership, couldn't he? I mean, the spot's there for him. You know, yeah. Bob wants his returning veteran guys to fill these roles and fulfill their potential. You know, we've kind of seen him show flashes, mm-hmm. but Bob is looking for these guys to be consistent and consistently do what they do well. And for Brodzinski, it's definitely shooting the puck. You know, he's got chances on the off wing. He's got chances on the power play now. I think he's playing with guys who distribute the puck a little bit, so he'll have those opportunities. He's keeping up with his linemates right now. They seem to be a little more cohesive as a unit of forwards. So the opportunity's there for him. And, and you know, for this team to do well, they need those returning players to, yeah. to have their best yeah. season. And, and what, what worries me a little bit, and, and this is really, it's really important in my mind, is that, you know, I mean, we don't know what the lines are going to be. They may change a little bit here and there, tweak here and there. But you got to be able, you have to be able to trust your line mates. Your line mates have to trust you. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, I, I played with pretty much a lot of the, you know, give or take a guy here or a guy there, but they knew what their role was on the line. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and guys got to know, you know, because sometimes, you know, you feel like, oh, geez, you know, should I shoot or, you know, maybe I should pass it, you know, just to be a good guy. And you can't have that mentality. You got to know that, you know what, we got to get the puck to this, to this guy. This guy's he's our shooter. Um, you know, they all can shoot it. I get it. But, you know, you just have to have an understanding amongst your line mates um, if your line is going to be successful. And then if your line is successful, you know, your team is going to be successful. So I think it's I think it's really important. And, you know, listen, we're all, we're only into two games. And and so, you know, you got to, you know, that 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 stuff will take care of itself. Viggs, um, one thing you were reporting today is when uh, when the team was, you know, down by a goal or tied this week weekend, you know, with Lindenwood, um, a vocal person on the bench was letting them know we need to get things going. And that's maybe a presence we hadn't seen the last few years. Yeah, I feel like some of the leaders for Minnesota who have worn the sea haven't always been that vocal guy. It's been a guy who wants to lead by example you know, set the tone and, and show guys the way I think with Brock Faber, you have a guy who's been a defenseman who's worn the letter for national teams, you know, has been a leader in the rooms for all these groups and he's confident enough now where he's going to be the voice on the bench. And you want that as a team, you know, you know, good teams, the the coaches lead great teams, the players lead. Well, and, the, and I think Brock has that opportunity this year by coming back for this extra year of college hockey. You know, he could be a pro right now, but he's getting that opportunity to be a leader and be a, a producer right now for the Gophers. 
it, it, it's really interesting. He's, he's one of the most mature kids I've ever been around in college hockey, bar none. Bar none. One of the most mature. And I think he's learned. I think he's listened. I think he's watched um, how other leaders lead. And uh, you know what? We're, we're, just because you have a letter, half the, half the people who wear a, letter, wear a letter don't know what the hell it's for. They don't. I mean, I'm, I'm a captain. Okay. I'm a captain. Well, what do I do with it? You know, how, how do I be? How am I a good captain? You know, and that's being tough. And that's being, you know, um, you know, that guy you go to and, tap, you know, pat him on the back. But there's times you got to be tough. And there's, you know, it's just some 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 guys aren't aren't good, aren't good captains, you know, because they don't know how to be a good captain. And sometimes, you know, guys are going to get ticked off at you. Sometimes guys are going to come and, you know, uh, really seek your advice. And you got to be you got to be all sorts of things. And uh, I think he's a perfect guy uh, to lead this team. I got to say, I agree. Pat, what are you looking forward to the most about this team this year? I mean, we've obviously got a lot of youth, a lot of superstars kind of came in. We've got some guys that came back that are superstars. What are you looking most forward to seeing or happening this year? Uh, well, I, I, for me, it's the growth. It's, it really mm-hmm. is the growth of the, of the, you know, and I'm not going to say it scares me, um, <laughs> but if there was one concern and it would be their, their youth. And even though you mentioned it, they, you know, the one difference is a lot of these guys have that experience of playing, you know, the, the, uh, at a higher level against better competition, you know, all those been in the, in the tough spots, all that. Um, but again, college is a different animal. It, it is a real different animal and they're going to find out this weekend when they play Minnesota state, you look on paper, you look on paper. If the game was played on paper, Minnesota wins easily both nights. That's not the way college hockey works. We <laughs> know that. Does. You know what? They're, 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 Minnesota State's going to be in their face. They're going to be hitting them, um, and so it, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good experience for them and should help them grow up faster uh, because they'll say, "Okay, huh? This is what it's like. This is how I got to play." And so I think it's really good timing that they're playing uh, these guys right now uh, because they'll, you know, they'll, they'll pick that up in a hurry, but listen, it's, it's all about, um, you know, what forwards are going to, are really going to, you know, step up and, and say, I I want it, you know, Uh, give me the puck. I want to be, you know, listen, Bob, you know, and and they're, they're, they haven't even begun to mold their team yet. You know, Bob played three power plays on Friday night. Three. Guess what? That's going to be down to two. Then, then it's going to be trying to play, get that first unit out as much as you can. You've got nine defensemen. You know, seven dress. Huh? I mean, are, is he going to play five at some point? Is he going to play four at some point? The guys fighting for minutes. I love that internal competition. But then, the, then, right? Then you have to answer this question. How are those guys that aren't on the first power play that think they're going to, they should be on the first power play. How are they going to handle that a a different role? Okay. So 
those are the things that all. Well, it's all about that growth, just like you it, said. It's all about, it's all about that growth. It's, it's everything. And it's yeah. all about how you become a team. Mm -hmm. You know, and 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 do you put that ego and put it aside and say, "I'm going to do whatever it takes to for us to win," you know, win a national championship. All right, we got a question from MG here. Need Pat's thoughts on Strobel. Loved him on Sunday. Love him. Love. Right, him. There you go. Love him, love him, because you know what? He he knows, you know, he knows his role. He knows he's not Mr. Flashy. He knows he's got to go out and bang. He knows he's got to protect guys. Um, and he is your perfect, right now, your perfect fourth liner. And he's a great kid. And he's an energy kid. And he can skate. And... You know what? He knows he doesn't have to score goals. He doesn't have, you know, and, and I, I think he's, I think he's going to be a kid to keep an eye on all year because he's going to be that energy guy that, that um, is, is really going to be needed when, you know, when push comes to shove. So, Hey, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. I really big fan. While we're here, Viggs, your thoughts on the stroll, but did you get a chance to, to, to view the game? I know you were a little, out with the kids and stuff Sunday. I was able to view the game. I was one of those people who was counting on the Big Ten plus stream. Oh, uh, but I did sign up for the seven-day Bally free trial to get the experience of the Bally streaming. So I was able to watch the game. And I and I agree with Pat. I really like Strobel's energy of the game. You know, you don't need everybody to be a top six score type, mm -hmm. but the guys who are lower in the lineup who might get less ice time need to find a way to impact the game as well. And I thought that that Sunday game got a little more physical and Nyes recognized it and he started yep. being physical and Strobel recognized it. And he started being a little bit more physical and you need players like that. Cause I think that gives you energy on the bench to say, Oh yeah, we got some guys who can knock too. If that's the game you want to play, they'll, they'll do that and they'll take care of that and they'll send the messages and then we'll send out uh, Cooley, Snuggerud and Pitlick and they'll score right. some goals and we'll go on the power play. So and, and you got to have that mix. I remember talking to Strobel um, right right when he committed to Minnesota. It was right after the state tournament. I think he had a great state tournament. And you know what? I I He was so happy to become a gopher. You know, knew it was going to take a couple of years, but he just, he was so happy. And, you know, and then I, you know, I saw him for the first time in three years or whatever and in, down in the locker room, and he, he had a grin from ear to ear, like, I can't believe I'm in this room, you know? And I love that. I love, I love, because he embraces it. He embraces, embraces what it means to, to put on the M and, and be a gopher. And I, I, I just, I freaking love it. Love to hear that, Pat. Love to hear that. Well, before we get into Minnesota State, which is going to be, I'm excited for the series, we need to hear from our sponsor. Hey, Gopher Hockey fans. Jerry Peters here with First Class Mortgage. Mortgage rates have gone up in 2022. We've seen it on the news all year long, and many first-time home buyers are asking themselves, can I still afford to buy a home? My question is, can you still afford to rent? 
The Department of Housing and Urban Development recently came out with their American Home Ownership Survey. It shows that the median renter now pays almost the identical monthly payment as the median homeowner. In fact, over the past two years, the national median monthly payment for homeowners has gone up 5.5%, while at the same time it's gone up 10.6% for renters. What does all this mean? It means it's still a really good time to buy a house. And if you're in the market, let me help. My telephone number is 612-940-3291. My email address is jerry at firstclasscorp.com or go to firstclassmortgage.com and fill out a free online application. Mention you heard about me on the GPL podcast and receive a $500 closing cost credit. Some restrictions do apply. My NMLS number is 480200. First Class Mortgages is 322842. This is not an agreement to lock into an interest rate under Minnesota law. First Class Mortgage is an equal housing lender. All right. Thank you, Jerry, uh, for sponsoring the GPL podcast. I'm going to throw this question out here by Tom Michael. I like it. Um, What series this year will be the good measuring stick to see whether they have something special? And no, not jumping off the bandwagon no matter what. Well, glad you're not jumping off the bandwagon there, Tom. But Viggs, I mean, you could say this weekend's a good measuring stick, but it is still very early in the season. I think it's going to be hard to take too much away from the next two weekends as much as we want to, mm-hmm. you know, for people who follow this program, you know, Minnesota state and North Dakota are measuring sticks for Minnesota because of the, the way they've performed in the playoffs the last couple of years. But I think you're not going to know everything about this team until, you know, probably a month or two in, I, I even think the Notre Dame series might be too soon to tell just because even Bob today was saying, we're still getting our systems in. Yeah. You know, that's going to be tough when you're playing against a team like Minnesota State and you're still working on your forecheck, your back check, your power play, your penalty kill, and you're introducing that to 11 new players, nine new skaters. That's challenging. So I think it's going to be tough to, to measure it until probably after, you know, even after World Juniors, you know, sometime in, in January or February with this team. And there's yeah. Brever just suggested the same thing. Maybe, maybe St. Cloud in January. You know, Again, you know, I'll go back to what I said earlier. I'm not going to really judge this team until January, you know, mid-January, when you get into the thick of the Big Ten schedule, um, you know, when games are really, really on the line. Yes, we want to say this weekend, we want to say the North Dakota weekend, you know, um, but, but in reality, I, you know, this is a you'll, you're going to see a completely different team in two and a half months. You you will, you will, and that's when that's when we see most teams. You know, you get to that point where okay, you know your lineup, you know your systems, you know your attitude, you know you know where you are compared to some of the other teams in the league. Are you going to go up, or are you going to you know, or are you going to go down? And and I think that all happens, um, you know, beginning of January. But yeah, just the- glancing at the schedule, I see that road Notre Dame series after yep. World Juniors mid-January. Um, That's yep. your perfect measuring stick because I think Notre Dame's probably the biggest challenge right now for the Big Ten. Number two in uh, number two in Pat's power rankings. Ooh, <laughs> uh, but I was going to say here, Viggs, um 
it might not be a measuring stick, but at the end of the season, wins against uh, Minnesota State and North Dakota can be really big when it comes down to number one seeds and just th- that whole thing. It's like every game counts when it comes to putting the tournament together at the end of the year. Well, I'm not saying these games don't count. I know well, the fans I know, I know that. I know the fans want the wins. You don't you want know, a those bunch in-state of games are huge to everyone. Their record has not been good in state the last five, ten years. And I think Minnesota fans are sick and tired of that. I think the the shining silver lining for the Gophers right now is their defensive core is so strong yep. that I think they'll be in good shape the next two weekends. You're not going to see this team get under siege for very long. There no. might be moments. But these defensemen are solid enough at shutting down plays and, and getting the puck back that they'll be able to escape pressure, I think. Not easily, but it won't be an issue. Now, Pat, the one thing I know, well, you love to promote the the, the Minnesota schools, and it keeps growing. Obviously, we just got mm-hmm. St. Thomas. But uh, we also need Minnesota to do well. In the last 10 games, Minnesota is 2-8 and eight versus Minnesota State. Their last win, November of 2016, a one to nothing victory. So it's been a while since they have beaten Minnesota State. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to get any easier this weekend. Uh, you're going to face one ornery team. They got thumped. Uh, it, it, now, granted, it was an exhibition game, you know, all that uh, in Omaha last weekend. They will be a different team this weekend. Uh, and I, you know, and they're, they return the majority of their decor. Um, they've got, they've got some guys up, you know, they're going to miss Nathan, Nathan Smith. I mean, he, he was the guy mm-hmm. last year. Uh, I, you know, it, it certainly wasn't all him, but you know, he was a big, big part of that offensive engine, but you know, it's going to be tough. It's, it's going to be, you know, it's, 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 you're going to play in front of a raucous crowd there. Um, you know, it's nice to get him here Friday night on the big sheet and maybe you can expose them a little bit, but, uh, but listen, Mike Hastings will, will, you know, he understands, he knows all these players, um, you know, that Minnesota has, he's talked about the decor. He knows how good they are. And so I, you know, he, he's a very, very, very good coach and he'll devise some system to try to shut Minnesota down. Um, so it'll be, a, it'll be, a, it'll be interesting to see, which team cracks, you know, I'm, I'm looking for. <laughs> well, Viggs, they also don't have a Hobie Baker winner who probably should have won the last two Hobies really. I mean, back there with his numbers uh, and Dryden McKay. Um, the defense, yes, they're still good, but it's always something good to have in your head when you know, you've got a guy like that behind you. I think it helps, and now they have a goalie who hasn't played a lot of games. And I've talked to a lot of people who evaluate goalies over the years, and they say as much talent as that goaltender has, for them to develop their game, they need to play. They need to have the experience of giving up a big goal and having a crowd on them or having their team count on them to make big saves. And if you haven't done that in a while, it can be a shock to the system. And and the brain can get a little nervous, and all of a sudden the, the glove and the the reactions don't work quite as well and you don't play up to your potential. So I think that'll be a big change for Minnesota state. I think the big advantage the Mavericks have is they return three centermen who are very experienced and Minnesota is replacing a bunch of centermen. And I think that'll be a big thing to watch this weekend is matchups on the dot for draws 
as well as coverage down around the net. You know, can Minnesota create odd man situations at the Mavericks net to test the goalie? And can the Mavericks give closer some traffic in front of him, you know, fighting against the Pino and, and the coolies in front of the net. So I think that's something I'll be watching for this weekend. Here's my take guys. And it, and it's happened the last two years. Minnesota state is a team that can absolutely lull you to sleep. They can make you play the type of game they want to play. They like to look at the clock and have it go down, 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 <laughs> and nothing happen in the game. Nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. Oh, they get a goal, and then they watch the clock go down, down, down. The big that is it's like they're rope a dope in boxing. They just kind of they're they're very structured. Boom. They're very structured. They don't give up a lot of shots. Yeah. And it's funny. I had this conversation with a coach at Denver and, and he said to me, you know, we got them out of their game. We got them. We made them feel uncomfortable in the third period. And once you make a team feel uncomfortable, well then not that panic it sets in, but you know, they, they start to, to cheat a little, they start to, you know, do things that they're not accustomed. They get out of their rhythm. Mm -hmm. And Harvard started to do that to them in the regional last year. But but it was too little too late. If Harvard had 10 more minutes, I think they I think they beat Minnesota State. And but if if you don't if you don't do something to to get them off of their game, off of their system, they'll beat you all night because they don't give up a lot of shots. Um, they clear out, they clear out the front of the net very well. And so you, you've got to make them feel uncomfortable, in my opinion. And, and let me tell you, folks, they lost, what, 7-2 to to Omaha in an exhibition, and it means zilch. Right. I don't think anybody should read into that at all. They, I mean, <laughs> it's just no. it, it's warmed up. It doesn't mean anything. No, no, not at all. <laughs> They'll be ready to play. The crazy thing about that game against Denver was in the third period, all of a sudden Minnesota State started having trouble with simple plays. Simple breakout, you know, receive the puck, chip the puck. All of a sudden they started fumbling the puck a little bit and their chip wasn't clean out of the zone or that player coming into the neutral zone to, to, to get the puck deep wasn't getting it deep. But why, Viggs? Why? Crusher. Thank you. Pressure. Denver was able to, to apply you pressure. Make, you you get on somebody, you don't give them time and space. You don't, you know, you know, you don't block a guy for you know what I mean? Uh if if you don't feel comfortable, if you feel rushed, if you feel panicked, you will give up the puck. And that's what Denver made him do. And then Denver started moving the puck around and and you know, they then 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 they stopped moving their feet and you know they take over the game. I think Bob brought this up Saturday night when talking about his defensive core, you know, as talented as they are, sometimes they want to be perfect. They want to make the perfect retrieval. They want to pick the perfect pass on the breakout. They want to wait for everyone to regroup. And he said, you know what? Sometimes we just got to go. Yep. 
and, and make it up on the fly and we'll do the best we can. Because if you wait too long, you have now given the other team time to get in structure. And so Bob, I think one of the things that Denver mean, did. Bob wants oh, to yeah. get that puck and go. And get it and go. It, he wants it north to south, get in, go to work. And, uh, and you know, and that's why, again, he says, you know, I, yeah, that's what I want to do. We haven't implemented anything yet to, to get that going. And, you know, I, I just wanted the guys to get out there this weekend, you know, get used to it, get, you know, play their first game, whatever the case may be. And, and so um, as much as he, you know, yeah, this is correctable. That's correctable. You know, it's like, got to let him play that first weekend. And I think that's, uh, you know, they accomplished a lot. Well, let's get into the specifics, Viggs. What does Minnesota need to do to win this weekend or, you know, split or something like that? And what does Minnesota State need to do? Well, I think from the Gopher side, no bad penalties. We saw on Sunday that the penalty kill isn't quite sharp yet. And we saw players taking maybe not so great penalties. So I think if they want to win this weekend, they've got to clean that up. Don't don't show that weakness against Minnesota State because I think Minnesota State has enough people coming back where they could give Minnesota some real problems there that they don't need to. I think that's the first thing for me. And another thing is the defensemen have to go. You know, as Pat's just saying here, make decisions quickly. Put some pressure on Minnesota State. Don't wait for everything to be perfect because it's not going to be perfect. Keep them on their systems aren't in. The players are all new. Everybody's kind of gelling. Bob's talked about how every day the defensemen are playing with different partners because he wants to play all 7D when he dresses seven. It's not a situation where you, you play six and you got the extra seventh. No, no, no. All seven are playing. They're playing with different guys every shift, and they just got to go out and execute. Well, here's my key for the weekend, guys. Here's my key. My key is for them, if they reach 30 shots on goal, 30 shots on goal, they win. Anything under 30, they will not win. If they get 30 goals, that means they're putting pressure on. They're getting shots to the net, and they're following them up. Minnesota State does not give up a lot of shots. They keep you to the outside. And it's very, very difficult to get to the net. The shots going on net, they'll be able to get there better. So you can't be cute against them. You got to be north-south. And you've got to get pucks on net. And you have to get to the net. If they get 30 shots each night, they win both nights. One thing that did hurt him again this weekend, uh, this past weekend, Viggs, was block shots. Um, boy, a lot of times you just got to take one step, you know, east-west to look for that opening. Look when they scored. Look when they scored. That's true. Connor Kurth goes from his left, moves about foot and a half right, lets it go. Brady Lamb or Brody Lamb, same thing. Came over the blue line, moved a little bit, boom. You know, Mike Kessler, Brock Faber, same thing. Just slight adjustments, waiting for traffic to clear, waiting for the screen to get in the way. Yep. Critical difference. Yep. Yep. But Lindenwood did sell out. Didn't they have over close to 30 blocks on Sunday? 35. (laughs) Wow. Minnesota had 96 shot attempts (laughs) on Saturday. 
and, and, and quite frankly, Viggs, last 10 years, Minnesota has been victimized by that type of play for a, a long, for forever, it seems like. They just haven't been able to get that shot from the point through and, and things like that off a shin or whatever. It's been weird. As much talent as they've had on the blue line, yes. they haven't had great shooters back there, which is which is strange to me that they they have people who they kind of get mechanical and they're they're receiving the puck, walking the blue line, and they're kind of walking right into the shooter rather than catching the puck, seeing where the shot blocker is, and then making a play. You know, you gotta you gotta react to what's out there instead of just going through the mechanics of a drill. And I think guys like Mike Kester did a nice job of getting pucks to the net. Ryan Chesley, I think, does a nice job of getting pucks to the net. I think some of these other guys, you know, they're still getting more comfortable. Brock Faber, uh, his ice time came up today and talking with Bob and how yep. with all these guys on defense, you're not going to be playing 30 minutes a night. You know, we really needed that last year, but this year that's not going to happen. And Brock's retort was like, well, how much less? He's like, you know, you're still going to play a lot, but a little bit less. And so he plays a little bit less on the weekend, and his points went up. I'm gonna, he was able I, to produce can, a little bit more. Can I quiz you guys on something? I got a, I got a question for you. Multiple for choice. Multiple choice. Multiple choice. Nope. Well, yeah, nah, not really, but <laughs> how many guy? how many of the defensemen from the point took a slap shot last weekend none did chesley get one off go ahead Viggs. what did chesley get one off ryan chesley did you did then i'd have to tell you the answer so (laughs) that that's my guess because i've seen him shoot slap quite frequently all right zero and a and a point of contention with bob i'm in the i'm in there you know before the game we're talking and and uh, he wants his defenseman to hammer the puck. Mm-hmm. And we, have, we, we don't see that anymore. And yes, that wrister works because you want to get it through and there's a lot of traffic. But sometimes, guys, even if you don't get it through, if you wind up and take that and hammer that puck and you hit a guy who's blocking it, his thought process may be, you know what? Maybe <laughs> next time I'm, I don't want to get in front of it. That's what opens up space for you. And, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be to score every time. It's, it is to open things up. It is to, you know, give those guys a little different thinking. All right. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, I know, I know Bob's been harping on him. You get it back there once, you got to hammer it. You got to hammer it. And uh, it it doesn't happen enough. And when that doesn't happen, you know, you as a defender, you know. So you can go out and try to block it. Or you can get in the way. Or you can, you know, pack things in. Because it's not going to be coming at the velocity that, you know, mm-hmm. a, 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 a guy hammer it, hammering it from there uh, does. So, uh, you know, I, I think they're you know they're talking to the guys about that and like i said doesn't have to be all the time but once in a while you got to let her fly like they did on the transition i yep. mean we hadn't seen that right in recent really college hockey for for minnesota or at least around here i mean somebody just 
and instead of trying to go all the way to the net, they you know they had they saw an opening, bam, shoot the puck. Yep. I had, I had an old uh, friend who is a marine, and he said sometimes the artillery just fires for effect. Mm-hmm. You're just sending a message to the enemy. Thank that you. We can bring it. Great analogy. Go hide in your foxhole. Yep. <laughs> exactly. We may or may not hey, be following listen, it up really quickly. You know, it, it was funny. Reed Larson, former Gopher great, Detroit Red Wing. No one shot the puck harder than Reed. And I will tell you, there was a game I played against him in Italy. And I saw it was him at the point. And he brought, he brought that stick up. And I said, no, thank you. Ole. And I got out of Ole. the way. You know, later he started laughing at me. I said, well, I'm not going to get hit by, by that thing. But no, you, you know, to your point, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to take a hard slap shot off the ankle. I mean, you don't. And, uh, and so you, you, you have to do that. It, it's all part of, you know, um, the psychological part of the game, you know, that sometimes guys don't think about. Yeah. All right, Viggs, let's hear your prediction on the weekend. Home and home, Friday at Mariucci, Saturday at, uh, is it, uh, I can't Mayo, remember. The Mayo Center. Mayo, yes. They've changed like three or four times. I can't. Yep. It's still the Civic Center to me, the Mankato yep. Civic Center. Um, What do you think, Viggs? I think we're going to see a split. I think the home teams are going to win these games. I think Minnesota's just got too many moving pieces right now to to withstand the fire of a road game against Minnesota State and, and come out with a sweep. Although we did hear Brock Faber say the word sweep on Sunday night in the postgame, which which was interesting. It shows you where his mindset is. You know, he knows that Minnesota State's ended his year two years in a row. So he's got a little extra motivation this weekend and he's going to be vocally trying to get that sweep to happen. But I will be surprised if it does. Uh, I could see a situation where Minnesota maybe takes a couple penalties in that environment and puts them shorthanded on the road. And, uh, you know, the Mavs will be ready to play the Gophers as every in-state team always is. Mm-hmm. All right, Pat, what do you, what are your predictions on the weekend? Well, I think, I think it's going to be a split. I, I, I take what Minnesota state did last weekend and throw it away. They will be ready to play. Um, they're, they're still an older team, a, ma- a mature team a grizzled team. This is a very, very youthful squad that Minnesota has uh, more talented, but, but um, I, I, I think, uh, I, I think Minnesota wins at home and I think the Mavs, uh, the Mavs win at, at home also. I think, you know, I think it's going to be a great series, um, you know, so, you know, let's, uh, let's enjoy it. Mavs are the 15th oldest team in the country this year. Gophers second youngest. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a difference there. But still. guess what? They don't care. Gophers don't care. Um, you know, no excuses. You know, you go out and play hard. I love Favor's attitude that, you know, you you don't go to to accept anything. You know, you go to win. And uh, both teams are going to try to win. Both teams have a lot of pride. Both teams think they're really good. And uh, we're going to have a hell of a series. And we might, we might see them again in uh, – in April. How's that? <laughs> well, I'm going with two five to three victories by Minnesota. Empty net goal each night. Wow. 
Minnesota's going to sweep. I'm just going with it. I'm and, on the bandwagon. That's a lot of goals. That's a lot of goals in this series. It is going to be a lot of goals. Mankato's not going to know what hit them. Well, I, th- that, I think that, if Minnesota well, gets 30 you know what, shots, then, they get four goals. Then you, then, then you know, you're you're thinking to my why I think Minnesota could win if they get 30 shots. That means they're going to get 30 shots, right? Each night. I already see. <laughs> oh, jeez. Tim Hapke, can't wait though, for the GPL meltdown of the Govers don't sweep. <laughs> No meltdowns. I'm just I'm trying to bring the positivity. Too back. early for meltdowns. Oh, like, you know? go Gopher fans though. I mean, people were freaking out when Lyndon would just score a goal Sunday. High expectations. <laughs> well, and that's why players come to Minnesota. That's why right. Logan Cooley came to Minnesota. He is not your typical Minnesota recruit. He said, I want to come to a place that's great for my development and a chance to win a national championship. Yep. And that's the same reason Cole Iserman's coming to Minnesota too, is it's the best place for his development and a best place to win a national championship as a yep. young player. One Austin kid coming to play for Minnesota, Pat. Wow. Yeah, yeah that, that uh, uh, you know, that's a great get. That's great oh, recruiting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that it's uh, – and it's years and years of history uh, about the program, and you know, and uh, I, it, good for him. Good, I'm I'm really happy for the kid. While we still have you here, Pat. Yes. What are your thoughts on Wisconsin? What is happening over there? I talked to Tony Granado. I want to say a week and a half ago, and you know what? He's he's very calm in his. Um, demeanor you know he thinks they're going to be better um he knows their their specialty teams have to be markedly better uh and you know he knew that they were in for a rough ride last year when they lose holloway when they lose um when they lose caulfield uh, you, you know you're, you you go from the best power play in in the in college hockey to the worst you know you had guys on the power play last year that never had played the power play um, I think at the end of the year, they found their mojo a little bit. They almost beat Notre Dame, um, you know, in the, in the playoffs, took them to three games. And so, I, you know, I, I think I think parts of their game, I think they still lack a lot of depth. I think their decor is still an issue. Uh, I think uh, Jared Moe has been, has been fine in the Nets for them. Um, and so I really don't know where to put uh, Wisconsin this year, they, you know, I have them, uh, in Pat's power rankings, uh, which will be coming out this week. Um, uh, I have them at number six in finishing sixth in the league with the caveat that they could jump Penn state. Okay. Um, I don't think, I don't think they will be a top four team, but, uh, you know, I, I think they'll, they'll have enough, you know, to surprise some people. All I care about Viggs this year is that they put another eight nothing drubbing on them. <laughs> it well could happen again. I think there's a big discrepancy between the the top four teams in the Big Ten this year and the bottom three. I think there's I just a big talent difference right the now. Top four teams are Minnesota, yep. Notre Dame, yep. Ohio yep. State, wait, wait, Michigan. Wait, say that again. <laughs> Minnesota, yep. Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan. In that order. 
Did you steal my notes the other night? <laughs> no, actually, he mentioned this last week too when he was talking about it. Did you? Well, you did. You went and stole my notes, huh? I did while you were talking uh, you to everybody at the rink. Peek. I just snuck up in the radio you booth and grabbed your, peek your of notebook. Past power rankings. Or maybe you guys are just good hockey minds. No, maybe, maybe, oh. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. What do you think, Beeks? No, you're right. I, I you know, I have, uh, I have Michigan four. I have. Penn State five, Wisconsin six, Michigan State seven. Michigan State. We need Michigan State to get healthy again. It's just, uh, I hope they can do it. Do you know how close I was to putting Notre Dame one? Oh. I w- listen, they're going to be, they're going to be awfully tough. They're going to be good. Tough. A tough league makes yeah. for better teams at the end of the season. 100%. So there you go. Yep. All right, Biggs, you got anything else for us right now? Really liked the way the power play looked this weekend. Okay. I thought Lacombe looked much more comfortable at the top of the point. You know, My sneak Kobe pick. With a guy like Jackson Lacombe, you got to remember, he didn't play a lot of defense growing up. So he's needed that time to mature. And I thought he looked really good on that unit with uh, Cooley, Snuggerud, Nyes, and Nelson. I thought that was good. And I also thought Kester looked really good running the top of his unit. I'm not sure who's going to you know, fill out the rest of that second power play yet. You know, it's hard to tell how Huglin's going to look there, how Brodzinski's going to fit in. Um, are there other young guys like Brody Lamb who could who could fit in? I thought he had a great opening weekend for the Gophers, which was surprising to me. I know he played on a Green Bay team that wasn't very good, but he still produced points. So you just wonder what his play was going to be like with the Gophers. Early returns, looks like a good fit. Really so, good. Really good. So I think there's a lot of exciting things to take yep. out of the opening weekend. Agreed. All right. Well, Pat, thanks for joining us again. Hey, guys. I, You know, when I got the call, I was like, wow. You know, <laughs> I better be back again. Well, of course. If not, I'm going to look for you guys in the You're a regular. Room. Got it? Viggs, you coming, to the, you coming on Friday, Viggs? Sure am. I got to make it into a hockey rink every night this week. So let's Stay go. Stay away from my notes. <laughs> you better protect him better. <laughs> Thanks, better guys. better protect him better. I appreciate it. Good to see you. All ya. right. Well, that's going to do it for this uh, GPL podcast. Um, since the team is off next week, uh, we'll be off as well. So tune in in two weeks as we recap this Minnesota State Series and preview the North Dakota Series with our guest, Brad Schlossman. For those of you watching live, stay tuned for a bit of overtime. For the rest of you, we'll see you next time on the GPL Podcast.